Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Finding Your Freedom podcast with me, Madeline. I am so happy to have you guys here. I've been doing the podcast now for almost two years, which is crazy, and it means so much if you've been listening since the beginning or just listening now. I appreciate it so much. And if you're listening now because you're a fan of Matthew from Stillwater Alchemy, welcome. I'm so happy to have you guys here. And yeah, I can't wait for you guys to hear this episode, but a little bit kind of about my podcast and this mission is, you know, really the core belief of this podcast is that our stories and conversation heal people. They expand your subconscious so you can believe the life you desire is possible. They help you feel less alone in your struggles and they give you valuable information and tools to make your life better and more aligned and more free. So the whole basis of this podcast is bringing you home to your true self, letting go of societal conditioning, family conditioning, and really all the blocks you've acquired that Um, Don't allow you to be your full vibrant self that maybe you were as a young child and how do you come back to that and really be your most vibrant and full self and from that create a life that feels authentic in the work that you do, the friendships you have, the relationships you have and you know where you live and you know every piece of it feels authentic to you. So that's the mission of this podcast and so excited to have you guys here with me. If it's the first episode or if you guys have been a long time listener, it would mean so much if you could leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're listening on Spotify, you can follow the podcast there, give it a listen. So, you know, it helps the podcast grow. I would really, really appreciate that. But yes, today we have such an amazing guest and I think it's going to help so many people so much because I know this year in 2020 has been very intense and very intense astrologically and this episode kind of takes us through the astrology the end of this year and going into next year and honestly gives us a lot of a lot of tools and resources and grounds us for the year to come and it also it gave me a lot of um, hope and clarity and I know it's going to do that for you guys too. So before we get into the episode, just a little, you know, life update and business update as far as my life. Still on the Outer Banks. I guess I will be here for, you know, dot dot dot. <laughs> this year has just been very unexpected. So Yes, I'll be here for dot, dot, dot. I'm bartending. That's super fun. Working on my business. I'm definitely in a phase with the end of this year where I'm kind of just reflecting on some things and going to be kind of fine tuning for the new year. But I really feel like 2022 is going to be a big year and there's a lot of stuff I'm really excited to offer you that I think will give support and healing and all of those good things looking for, you know, long-term coaching clients. So definitely DM me if you're interested. And I'm also doing kind of intuitive tarot and oracle card readings 
through December, those are going to be $33. So if you DM me on Instagram or send me an email, you can get the discount versus booking through my website. So if that speaks to you, if that feels good to you, if that's something you're interested in, definitely take advantage of that. It's something good to kind of do before the new year and kind of set your intentions and kind of align with the energy that you're kind of bringing into the new year. So those are kind of my business and life updates. Um, I talk about it in this episode and last week's and I know you guys will be hearing about it a lot more in the next year, but I'm still um, in a very tender place in my my heart and myself and my own journey of moving through this breakup and definitely will you know, do an episode on this at some point and yeah, definitely talk more about it because it's been a very tough, um, a tough time and a tough situation and it has been up and down like so many waves of emotion coming with that. So I definitely will talk more about that on future episodes and give some tips and some advice and things that have helped me because I know a lot of people are going through that right now and if you live and you're a human and you date people, you go through breakups. So that's how life goes. And yeah, that's another reason I think this episode today is going to be so good and juicy and exciting because we're talking about, you know, the eclipses that just happen and then especially Venus retrograde, which if you're new to astrology, I'm sure you've heard of Mercury retrograde, but the other planets also retrograde. And Venus is kind of the planet of love and money and things like that. So it will really be a deeper look at relationships and some money and what we value. So this episode will really help with that. And if you want more info, you can book with my amazing guest. And he also has a workshop that will be in the show notes for Venus Retrograde, which will be super, super helpful. So definitely take advantage of that. But yeah, so today's episode, I don't want to hold off any longer, so I will tell you guys about today's guest. So Matthew Bonyak is the founder of Stillwater Alchemy, a holistic business focused on alchemizing the mind, body, and soul. Matthew specializes in the spiritual fields of astrology and tarot, and offers accountability and support through coaching and mentorship. Through connection to both the spiritual and physical realms of consciousness, Matthew provides his clients with the tools needed to cultivate success, vitality, and love so they can reach their fullest potential and acquire the dream life they desire. So yeah, super amazing person, super amazing episode. Can't wait for you guys to hear it so many amazing episodes to come soon. So dive into this amazing episode and I know you'll feel a lot more prepared for the new year.
So the first question that I ask everyone, because it's the Finding Your Freedom podcast, is what have you been finding your freedom from lately? Ooh, great question. I honestly think, and this has been truly reflective and shown by the pandemic, but freedom for me is running your own business or having an income stream that you can grow with. Because I've just talked to so many people that were let go from their jobs that they've worked for from decades because the pandemic hit and those corporations or those businesses either couldn't sustain themselves or they just had to let those people go because it comes down to business, quote unquote, and dollars and cents. So for me, cultivating this business, growing with this business, going through the challenges, experiencing the joys and the victories and allowing me the freedom to work and to create when I feel inspired and to rest, especially when some of the astrology hits has been such a joy. And I would really encourage, and maybe this is my Capricorn stellium showing, but for everyone listening, if there's some way that you can have either multiple income streams or multiple investments or ways that you can find security and safety by not having to rely on other people that you can always have that freedom through your investments, through money or through your own business. For me, that's something that I will always be an advocate for and always stand very tall for is being a business owner, having free reign of your money so that it gives you the freedom to do whatever you want, whenever you want. Yeah, I could not agree more. I think I was talking to some friends this weekend that kind of don't do their own thing and just remembering all the holdups of... I don't know, corporate world and all the restrictions and all the different things and not to get into it at all in this episode, but I I think working for businesses have become a lot more of a hotter topic with the pandemic and vaccines and everything. So just to have the freedom to know that you're in control of your money and you're not a, um, you know, at will being let go employee gives me such a sense of freedom and I can't imagine having it any other way. It's really beautiful to feel freedom and your money and, you know, your art. (laughs) Even just your time as well. For me, there are just times where authenticity is a really big part of who I am. I also have a Scorpio stellium, but if I don't feel that I'm showing up in my truest form or I'm being authentic in the way I'm conveying content, I don't do it. But if you work for someone else, you don't have that luxury of I'm compromising my art. I'm compromising my soul. It's like, if you want to get paid, you have to show up, which can be very triggering and very hard for people. And so if you're not maybe business savvy or don't want to do it alone, you don't have to. There's collaborations. There's ways of starting a business together with friends. So if you're hearing this and maybe it's not resonating, there's different ways of starting a business or having multiple income streams where it doesn't have to be you're doing it all on your own. Yeah. And totally like, I feel like for some people, some people find freedom and that paycheck and not having to do it on your own. And some people are kind of meant to be entrepreneurs and find freedom that way. And I know which one I am, but whatever Mm -hmm. makes you feel the most free and abundant is what I want for you. But I can remember my old job because I kind of cycle my business now with with my moon cycle and my period and just having to show up so intensely on those days where I had like no energy. And I was like, this sucks. (laughs) I hate this. 
It really does. I mean, even Madeline, we were talking and you were saying, oh, we could do this podcast on this day. And Mercury was making an exact square with Neptune. I'm like, maybe let's not do it on this day of just maybe technology not working or facts not being relayed conducively. It's like, I am the exact same way. I'm obviously a professional astrologer, but being able to utilize this craft and this energy to your advantage, especially in business or in financial matters, or even matters of the heart and relationships, it's just such a blessing. And I'm excited that we get to speak about these themes and what to expect moving forward so that your listeners and your audience can acquire some of this knowledge and power as well. Yes, yes. I'm so excited to talk about it. I had an interview yesterday and just in general in my life, I've been talking to so many people that have been calling it like breakup season the past couple of months. So um, I think a lot of people have been going through things, but it seems like love has been a hot topic recently. So I'm really excited to get into that and help people, you know, feel more at peace and prepared because I know finding love is like a big source of anxiety and relationships are difficult and all those things. But I would love to hear how you kind of got into being an astrologer. Like, how did you know this was your path? And yeah, what did that look like for you? Yeah, so I mean, basically started on the opposite end. I grew up in the prairies of Canada into a very conservative family, very Eastern European, where it was academic status were revered. And so remember, my mom came home one day from a bookstore, I don't think I was eight or nine. And it was all about astrology and different signs and learning about myself. And I found it so fascinating. I still have that book back at my parents house. And I just loved it. I went back to school and like talked to all my friends and what signs they were. Even in university, I was always that guy like, Oh, what's your sign? Or if I was with a lover, it's like, Oh, like when's your birthday? And they'd say, I'm a Scorpio or I'm a this. And so I was always just so fascinated by it, but I was in academia. So I hold a master's degree in kinesiology. I studied abroad in Brisbane, Australia, but I really didn't feel like the academic world was what I wanted to do is more of like that classically conditioned environment. I have two older brothers who are also both academics. My family is takes that very responsibly in terms of opportunity and how they were raised. But I always wanted to be an actor. I always wanted to do things that were a bit more creative. And so I started my business back in 2019. It was called Stillwater Tarot at the time. And I was just simply doing tarot readings as a quote unquote side hustle because I was fully committed to acting. I was living in Toronto. I was auditioning for all the huge networks and huge projects. And I can sometimes get very fixed with my mindset of like, this has to work, burn the boat. Very Scorpio of me with a Aries moon nonetheless. And so when I started doing readings, I was like, well, no, I can do both. It doesn't have to be like, I'm an actor or I'm a this. I could be an actor who does this and this and this and has multiple hyphens or multiple hats that they wear. And so I was putting in a lot of effort and work into astrology and to tarot in my business and nothing was really happening. I was getting really burnt out and really frustrated because I was going to markets and investing money. And I felt I was really intelligent and powerful because I've been doing tarot and astrology for such a long time. Tarot for 10 years, astrology, I've been studying it and just obsessed with it for over 20 years at that point. So not professionally, but on my own. And then of course, 2020 happened and I had cultivated this business for almost a year at that point. And I knew with the astrology, it wasn't going anywhere. A lot of the transits that were taking place in 2020 resembled transits that were happening during the Black Plague, where it wasn't just one wave, it was multiple waves. So I really just focused and I knew if people were going to be glued to their phones, 
but I would give them something to look at. So I was just consistently creating and producing content. And every single month, my following kept growing. And now we, here we are 18 months later, it's been now two and a half years since I started my business. And I'm very grateful for this audience, this opportunity, and that my craft and my business is getting the attention and the love that it is. And I think it's just another nice plug that it's never too late to switch career paths. Like when I started acting, I was 25. And in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm already so far behind for people I've been doing it for when they're a child. And then starting a spirituality business when I was what, 27, 28. And it's like, no, it's never too late. If it's meant for you, it's always meant for you. 100%. And I, I think that's so important for people to hear that it's never too late. And also, I think it's really important people starting a business, they want kind of like instant success. And it's like showing up like you have the audience when you don't have the audience yet and continually creating content that you're proud of. And that is like quality content. I agree. Cause I was doing that. And there were times too, I want to give up. And it's very common when I'm coaching my own clients that the first couple months, they think that they're just going to get this instant fame because social media has projected this. And it's kind of really shown. It's like, I went from being broke on my mother's couch and now running a seven figure business in a year. And yes, that is possible, but that shouldn't be the end goal necessarily. It should be doing what you love. And like you said, Madeline, creating quality content that you're proud of and showing up in the frequency and in the manner that you continually aspire to be in growing and not trying to emulate or copy someone else. Because there are many astrologers, there are many people with spirituality business that are extremely successful that show up in certain ways. But then I get clients that say, oh, I follow this person, I follow that person, but how you explain this or how you show up in this manner, I completely resonate with. So I think that's also another thing to add is don't try and copy anyone else. It's so cliche, but just be yourself to the best of your abilities and you will attract the right audience and the following that's meant to support you and help you grow moving forward. Yeah. And this has been coming up so much in like in my podcast recently of, you know, people and coaches are marketing like 7k a year and like, I don't know how to do this. And like people are selling their approach. And like the secret is that it's your approach and you need to like be yourself and be authentic. And when you stop trying to fit into this box that you were trying to get out of when you left maybe the corporate world and are yourself like that's when you see success not when you try to you know have the perfect infographic that looks like this other millionaire on Instagram or something it's it's when you really show up and express uniquely as yourself and like you said with astrologers there's so many amazing ones but they all have a different flavor and like you want you would want like a different spiritual teacher or a different coach or a different astrologer for different things and different people resonate with you differently. And I would rather have, you know, a thousand people that are like, Madeline is a fuck yes. than you know, millions of people that are like, she's okay. Because the, that like loyal following that really like loves you for your authentic expression means so much. Yeah. I was just nodding along the entire time. Not sure if you have a video component or if it's just audio, but I'm just so huge authenticity because so many people start to copy or start doing things that they think other people like, but then you attract that off of that fake persona or that mask. And then you get to the point where you've accumulated whatever level of fame or success, but it's not really you. And then people have this identity crisis. And like, why well, I still have to show up as this pop star, this persona, this energy that was never grounded 
inauthenticity or realism or what they truly want. And I mean, you see that in the corporate world all the time where people that pursue medicine or these high prestigious jobs, it's never what they wanted. It was what their parents wanted, what their society wanted, their culture deemed as valuable, but it's never what they wanted. So even just outside of business, just life, how are you showing up to attract the opportunities that are truly meant for you to help you grow and expand? And then of course, acquire freedom through that. Yeah, I I always think it's so interesting because so many people, you know, the whole leave the corporate world to be a coach. So many people leave that world of so many boxes to be put in new boxes. <laughs> and I, I'm like, guys, we're doing the same thing. Like, what are we doing? Like, we're supposed to leave this world to like live your authentic expression in life. And you're just giving your power away to someone else again. I also love your generation, Madeline, like this whole, you are so apt and you can tune on to that frequency. And I think you just see through the smoke screens, see through the bullshit. Most of them, not sure if we can swear on this podcast or not, or like just see through the, (laughs) see through the illusions. Like you can sense when it's off, which I really appreciate as well. It's like you said, why are we going from one box to another? And it's just, I think now it's lost. It's allure. It kind of reminds me when Instagram first came out like 2011, 2012, and it was all like the fitness influencers and selling vitamins and being influencers and whatever workout attire. And then you really like it numbs itself. So now when you see people taking a selfie of their ass or at the gym, it doesn't have the same allure. I think for me, that's starting to happen with coaching. It's like, let me show how you can make 10 K a month or seven figures a year. It's starting to dilute itself. There, of course, there are people that are at the top of their game that have been doing this for decades, but some young thing from a trendy city with a certain aesthetic that's selling the exact same thing. It's if it works for you, of course, but I would really encourage people to tap into their intuition so they can connect with the people that are really aligned with what they value. Yeah, definitely. I would say I'm only very attracted to certain types of coaches. Cause like you said, like I can definitely like smell the bullshit from a mile away. If it's yes. and anything that's too put together, I guess, like I feel the lack of authenticity. And it's funny that you reference um, the fitness things. I remember when Instagram first became a thing, I like wanted to be like a fitness influencer. It's like so funny to look back on that, but to bring it back a little bit to astrology, I'd love to hear kind of, you know, like what themes or what things should we be thinking about, you know, after eclipse season or just a little bit more about the eclipses we just went through and um, yeah, like how can we work with that energy still and kind of integrate like the lessons and the learning from that season? Yeah. So for the past 18 months or so, starting May of 2020 until now, we're recording this in December, the lunar nodes, the North node has been in Gemini, the South node has been Sagittarius. In terms of Vedic or Indian astrology, it's Rahu and Ketu, the head of the dragon and the tail of the dragon. And so what we've been moving towards these more Gemini themes of communication, ideas, news, fake news being distributed, the twins, right, of everyone having an opinion, two sides of the story that can be applied to almost everything we've experienced since May of 2020, and not just the pandemic, but everything. And also with the south node, the tail of the dragon being in Sagittarius, travel being a huge thing that's now changed forever. If we look back to the last time that the South Node was in Sagittarius, it was right after 9-11, which of course travel changed forever. I'm not sure if you remember that, Madeline, but you were able just to walk into the gate with no security before 9-11. You didn't have to stand in line for security. You could just bypass it all. 
And so now that's changed. And so this will be specific for everyone based on their own individual natal chart where Gemini and Sagittarius rule, but it really has been about information, disseminating information, how we're using the information to explore our own freedom, our higher belief systems, fun, and of course, travel. And so we just had that new moon solar eclipse in Sagittarius on December 4th, a few days ago, since we've been recording. And so all eclipses are intense. Some say it activates like this portal energy or a lot of different downloads or just significant beginnings and endings, or just like this warp speed of energy where these quantum leaps or significant movement occurs. And so with this being a solar eclipse with a new moon, it's almost as if we have to let go of certain things that are no longer serving us in order to expand. And then thus looking at the past 18 months and see where that's been a constant theme. So if you have any dominant Sagittarius placements in your natal chart, that can give clues, the house in which Sagittarius rules and those general themes of higher belief systems, exploration, fun, and travel, how that's shifted for you and how you want to move forward. And then of course, as we know, Venus, the planet of love, beauty, art, is slowing down and will be stationing retrograde on the 19th of December and it'll stay in retrograde until the 29th of January of 2022. So with that kind of post-eclipse care, it's taking it slow. It's taking it easy. A lot of people will feel this in different ways. Some people felt it significantly and almost as if there was a crescendo of energy leading to a climax of like a peak or a lesson when the eclipse took place, other people will feel that afterwards. It really just depends on where that all took place in your chart and if there are any other planets aspecting that. But generally, take it slow. Reflect a lot of people's dreams, either physically or in the dream realm, have been shaken up and stirred. And just really see in your life if there are constant themes or energies that are no longer serving you that you can let go to thus make space for new, more aligned energy moving forward into the new year. Yeah, it's so interesting that you say that because I was listening um, to your kind of week ahead of report and listening to the themes of like, there might be a climax and like, will it be like during the eclipse or afterwards? And I was, I was sitting there thinking like, I haven't had any realizations yet. Like this past weekend, I, I just felt so exhausted. Like I couldn't really do anything. Um, And then yesterday I kind of had one of those moments and I was like, oh, this is so funny that I have it right before you kind of come on and record with me. But I think it's always so interesting, just any of the eclipse seasons I look back and there hasn't been one where something doesn't leave my life during an eclipse season, like not, not even one, like there's always something major that's happening in this past eclipse season for me it was a job leaving and a relationship which are you know two pretty big areas of your life yep again I'm nodding along and it's just interesting because so many people who maybe don't believe in or give credit to astrology they're like oh that's a coincidence or they maybe don't kind of connect the dots when it comes to this and it's going to of course look different for everyone it could just be you're letting go of a mindset. I know for me personally, my natal Mercury is in Sagittarius. It's in the 12th house. And my mental health had really been in a pressure cooker ever since Scorpio season. The fixed signs, Scorpio, Taurus, Aquarius, and Leo have really been going through it all of 2021. And so kind of recalibrating what I find joy in and really prioritizing my mental health. And I just started really emphasizing my mental health care 
going to a studio here in Toronto and meditating a lot more. And I was able just to come out of that eclipse being like, oh, like this is just something I can't compromise on. It's sometimes easy for me to be sardonic and sarcastic when people post like overly cheesy motivational things around mental health and meditation online. I'm just like, oh my gosh, we've heard it before. But of course there is something to it. It's like when you work out and those endorphins are going through your veins, it's like, I feel so much more powerful, so much happier when you really start going into your meditation and making it a priority and having it be a practice. It's like, (laughs) and again, it sounds maybe a little bit cheesy, but it's like, you're floating. It just, you let go of these mindsets and these doubts that really don't matter. And you're like, oh, I've been carrying so much energetic baggage on these like cobblestone stairs for months, for years even. I can just let go of these old dusty bags and buy new like Louboutin or Gucci bags and have a much more pleasurable experience. So that's something that I felt because that eclipse was like pretty much happening right on my natal mercury in my 12th. And I'm like, oh, this is something that I can't just keep letting go the same way I can just readjust and have a lot more joy in this part of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so interesting and definitely emphasizing the mindset piece as well. I like haven't done really my practice for the eclipse yet. And I'm excited to see what will show up like for me in that meditation and in that visualization of like what I need to release because I'm sure in your own life, you can think back to May 2020 and wow, like so much was different. And I think that was really the catalyst for me of I'm not meant to be in this like research academia world anymore. Like I'm meant to, um, I'm meant to have my own business. And it was, you know, a year and a half of me fighting that realization. Um, Yeah, it's so interesting to reflect. Yes. And that's, again, a beautiful word to reflect over these next few days, because we'll have the Gemini full moon. uh, I believe it's the 18th or 19th of December, depending on what time zone you're in. But the effects of eclipse season normally reverberate out sometimes for six months after. But since this is bookending the Gemini Sagittarius axis and these eclipses, it would be really good as a retrospective because the North Node and South Node don't move into Taurus and Scorpio until January 19th of 2022. So whenever you're listening to this, it'll still be a good practice to one, look at your own individual natal chart. You can go on Google, just type in whole sign house natal chart, cafe astrology or astrolab will pop up. Even if you don't know your exact birth time, you may be able to see if there's any planets in those signs to reflect further. But then again, just really taking it slow, reflecting and seeing if there have been consistent themes that have come up over this time. So you can pinpoint, ah, that's where it is, or maybe have some clarity. So you don't keep repeating these similar cycles that are no longer serving you. And next year, the North node will be in Taurus and the South node in Scorpio. That's interesting. We'll, we'll get to that more at the end, but I'm curious to hear like (laughs) how that's going to affect things because that feels like a very different energy than the like Gemini. 1000%. I think it's even just a good note for everyone listening. If you do have prominent mutable energies, so Gemini, Sagittarius, Pisces, or Virgo, things will get significantly easier moving into 2022, especially for a Sagittarius dominant individual, (laughs) because those eclipse cycles are not easy yes there's a lot of clarity or things come up but sometimes it's not an easy thing to note that 
you've been the one sabotaging yourself the entire time, or you haven't been listening to your higher self of having to leave that job or leave that relationship. It can still be a lot to move through. And it's even made nicer by the fact that Jupiter will ingress into Pisces starting December 28th of 2021. And we'll get to that as well, but it'll be a nice place to be as a mutable sign for 2022. That, that is so great to hear because it has been a rough one for a little bit. Yeah. You're like the mutable queen over there, Madeline. You have so much mutable energy in your chart. I know. I know. I've, I'm trying to, th- I can't even remember what my other planets are, but yeah, I think just it being in my big three, I feel very mutable. Um, the mutable queen, the mercury mu- mutable queen. <laughs> Honestly. And so, yeah, I think that's just a nice piece of levity because sometimes people are like, when is it going to get easier? I know astrologers are infamous. They're just kind of like looking at their chart and fast forward and being like, okay, like when can I expect this to be over? And sometimes literally is to the day or to the lunation that there finally is that release or that period of calm. So moving forward, as you said before, we're entering into this Venus retrograde period. And what's interesting is Venus retrogrades every 18 months and it lasts for 40 days and 40 nights. And of course there's the pre and post shadow period for about a couple of weeks, but you were saying Madeline, how it feels like everyone you've talked to, whether it's interviewing friends, acquaintances, like everyone's breaking up, it's breakup season. I was noticing this too, really starting Venus's ingress into Scorpio, which was around mid September that this was really prominent and, Venus, with regards to essential dignity, is in her detriment in Scorpio. A lot of people don't like going into the depths and the fears and talking about what they're vulnerable in relationships. They just want to bypass it or not talk about it. And and Venus in Scorpio is not going to allow that. She needs to go deeper to reveal the shadows where things aren't working. And a lot of people don't want to do that or address the shadow or elephant in the room, right? And so I have been seeing that across the board in client consults, whether it's tarot, astrology, past life, coaching, it didn't matter, no matter how well off my clients were, no matter what part of the world, it was happening. So if you're in this state of mind, yes, around love and intimacy, but also just friendship around family, setting up proper boundaries, the pandemic has really sparked a lot of controversy and has been a very contentious issue for everyone, because no matter who you are, you obviously have an opinion about that. And sometimes your opinion doesn't align with people. And some of those people end up being those you care and love most. So of course, with Venus now in Capricorn, which is all about structure and what we value and where we want to put significant time into and our ambition and goals. And what's interesting about this Venus retrograde, Madeline, is that it's conjunct Pluto. And so Plunit, Plunit, This Mercury square Neptune energy is still getting me a little bit, (laughs) FYI, but Pluto represents death, rebirth, power, mining for the truth. Things can become enlarged or minimized. It really does have that kind of effect. And with it happening around the holidays and where we want to see ourselves in relationships for some of my clients, literally relationships are quote unquote dying. They're ending. Sometimes the way in the relationship has been formed, it's the ego death within one or both of the individuals in that relationship. So if it's with both of the people in the relationship, they can go through that Phoenix rising moment. I've been watching a lot of Harry Potter lately. And so Fox, Dumbledore's Phoenix. I'm like, yes, it's such a beautiful, it's like, I'm going to burst into flames and then be born anew. So that's a positive manifestation. If you can have those 
maybe tough, more intimate conversations with your loved ones and maybe agree to disagree or work through those limitations, then you can be born anew and move forward. But generally speaking, even if Pluto wasn't involved in the picture, Venus retrogrades are a time to slow down, to reassess what you value. And so some people really value their intimate relationships. Some people value money. Some people value status or beauty. It'll be different for everyone. And so on an individual level, you can look to the house that Capricorn rules in your natal chart. Secondly, you can look to the houses in which Libra and Taurus rule because those are two zodiac signs that are ruled by Venus. So let's say you're a Libra or a Taurus rising then of course this Venus retrograde is going to have an effect on you because Venus is your chart ruler. So really evaluating how you show up in the world, your own self-worth, self-love, your physical appearance, your health, all of these things. So it will be interesting just because Venus will be retrograde and exactly conjunct Pluto on Christmas day on December 25th. So It'll just be a time to really reassess everything. And there will be some relationships that are just never going to be the same again, either good or maybe not so good, depending on how they have been forming. And really, again, for those listening, you can think back to September, mid-September, like I said, when Venus was in Scorpio, I really started to see a lot of these effects taking place of reevaluating relationships, what we value, are we growing, are we evolving or not? Yeah, yeah. And I, there were like two things from that. And one of them was just the idea that vulnerability can either, you know, grow us closer or like pull us apart. Because I feel like in relationships, what usually pulls couples apart is one person's like lack of willingness to go there or one person's shadows coming up and them using like a maladaptive coping strategy. And I, I definitely felt that in my, my own life. And I think that Scorpio energy and that deeper look within can either make couples stronger or can rip them apart. And that's definitely what I've been seeing. And, you know, you see that in friendships too. And I was just talking with my therapist like earlier today and talking about, you know, we spend so much time focusing just on intimate relationships and the patterns in those relationships but the patterns we have in intimate relationships are also reflected in friendships. And that's really important to look at too. Like if you're, um, for example, if you're like a nurturer or saver in relationships, you're probably like that in your friendships too. And that's a super important dynamic to look at as well. And even in your work dynamic as well, always wanting to save your clients or save your community or save your family. It is very relevant and a good thing to note a beautiful point that this comes through in all aspects of your life if you're fearful of money you're going to be fearful of money in your relationship or if a person is in that scarcity mindset your relationship is going to trigger you as well and so that's going to be even with pluto kind of representing hades and the underworld of really going into your subconscious this would be a beautiful time to work with a therapist or a coach or a mentor if you have not as either a new year treat or investing some of your holiday money into this especially during these retrogrades i always feel because a retrograde is a planet slowing down giving the optical illusion that it's moving backwards relative to the earth's rotation right 
or the Earth's orbit. And so a lot of people freak out because of all the clickbait and all the pop sugar articles around Mercury retrograde and everything's going to fall apart. And it doesn't have to. Again, your mindset, if you think things are going to fall apart, of course, you just attract that. That's what I believe. So with Venus slowing down and really reassessing what you value, I've seen this a lot, Madeline. I'm sure you can probably attest to this. A lot of my clients invest so much money into therapy, into their business, into their beauty by working out and being healthy. And their partner is not doing anything. They're just sitting at home playing video games. And I like, it still kind of boggles my mind that these, like my, a lot of my clients are female and they're powerful and they're gorgeous and they're young and they're ambitious and their boyfriends or their partners are literally just playing Xbox all day. And like, do you think I should stay with them? I'm like, why would you want to? And I understand there's feelings and there's history, but that's very Pluto, this death and rebirth Capricorn is this relationship is what you value actually a smart investment and not to make relationships transactional, but you invest a lot of time, energy, money, and love into your intimate relationships, family, friends, lovers, colleagues. And if they're consistently showing up and being negative, pessimistic, draining your energy, and you're putting all of this time, energy, money into yourself to grow and be the most aligned version of yourself, how does that relationship ever grow and be conducive for you? It won't. And that's just sometimes a hard reality that for some people it's easier to come to than others. And so that's what I would really encourage is that reflection to go into your subconscious, to see what you're scared or fearful of that's keeping you bound to even the investments that you're making, investing time and money into a business, into a new home, into prioritizing relationship. I have a lot of type A clients that say when the right person comes along, then they'll start dating. But all they ever do is work. There's literally no time to date anyone. So if you really value intimacy and want a partner and want a family, you have to make time for it. And these are all very Capricorn themes, which is, again, I always say it's poetic how these planets and these retrogrades and these transits communicate because it is literally the perfect time to reevaluate that. And with the holidays coming along, I think it emphasizes that even more and The one last thing I'll say about this is if you miss a prominent transit or a retrograde, it's not a big deal. It'd be like if your favorite artist came to perform live or one of your favorite coaches or gurus was speaking live in a venue, got to speak with them afterwards one-on-one. If you don't show up or if you don't buy that ticket, you'll be fine. You can still read that guru's book or you can still listen to that artist's music, but the experience and the energy that you can really connect with by being there one-on-one, by really facing that energy and working with it is obviously going to elicit a more positive, beneficial experience. And that's how I feel with all transits and with all of these retrogrades. Yes, they may not be sunshine and roses every single time, but if you can lean into them, the rewards that you can reap will be very bountiful and very beautiful. Definitely. And I don't know if people could hear me on the podcast laughing when you're talking about the, these gorgeous women that invest into their business and their body and their, their mental health and all these things with these men that just play video games. Um, I like really was not in a relationship until this past one, because being a, a Virgo, I guess I have very high standards for, for a partnership, but I, I just, I laugh because it's, I'm like, what is happening? Like, why is this so common in our world with these women doing these amazing things, dating these guys that are like, I don't know, playing Xbox all day is the perfect example. And 
you know, you want to say like, what are these guys doing? But at the end of the day, you have to look at like, why are these women staying? And like, that's like the accountability piece there as well. And I think we live in a society where like, we're all wanting more intimacy than we have. We're disconnected. We were disconnected during the pandemic, but like not using that as a reason to settle. And I like that you brought up work as well, because it's not just relationships with people, like relationships with clients also bring out those tendencies. And I've noticed that in the people I've attracted before too. And it's really realizing that everything in your life is a relationship and getting really clear on what you're attracting. Yeah. I know Madeline, you were saying you've had experience in academia and like, maybe have you had experience in the corporate world before? Um, just academia. Okay. So I was in hospitality for over a decade. I loved it. I have a affinity. Like when I was younger, I'm like, all you have to do is make people happy and make sure they have a drink and they'll tip you. You can make all this extra money on top of your wage. I just found it so fascinating when I was little. So it really served me well when I was in university and afterwards to give me the freedom to go and travel, like make a whole bunch of money and then go. But as I got older and just really having a hard time working for people that held more power and were older and that we're being very cruel, very rude, being disrespectful and just being stupid, to be quite honest. And so I found that I had to find my voice and really valuing myself and my time. And I'm like, it no longer makes sense for me to stay in this work environment to answer to these people that clearly don't respect me. And so for people listening, if you're in a business or a career or a partnership where your values have now changed, we're still going through a pandemic. If you haven't changed some aspect of your life, that's also something to reflect back on. If you're still the exact same person making the exact same money, investing and saving the exact same amount, because I do think people are capable of change, but I do think that we're creatures of habit and always go back to the equilibrium that feels safe, but that's a different podcast and different conversation, but really with regards to how you value yourself in the workplace. And even if you're an independent entrepreneur or working in a business or a corporation, you sometimes have to pull on the leash, especially corporate. I've ever, ever worked in one corporate restaurant. It was a nightmare because they're just like, have their little phrases, have their ways of doing everything. And it's just so like climbing the ladder, who sleeps with who, who's kissing someone's ass. It was wild to actually see in person and then say one thing and do the exact opposite. Like my Scorpio self couldn't take it. And so for people listening, you have to own your power. You have to own how much you've worked for this whether it's in the job, in the relationship, in your family, and not just tower back into an old mindset out of fear that you'll be outcasted or rejected or not seen or not heard. I think that goes back to like caveman prehistoric days of being kicked out of the quote unquote tribe or your village for speaking out, for looking a certain type of way, for not acting in compliant manners. I mean, Handmaid's Tale kind of comes to mind as well. And I mean, we're kind of seeing it a little bit with this pandemic. We won't go into that today, but really I would strongly recommend that people use this transit for relationships, personal power, self-worth, and quite simply, what do you value? And with Pluto's influence here, the more you can go into your depths, into your subconscious, those shadows to integrate them, the more you're going to get out of this transit for sure. Definitely. And that's like such a good point I feel like when I was in my like past job in research I was just like I don't I'm not valued here and like I think it seems like value is kind of like a key word with this transit but I I felt it so strongly like I'm accessing like two percent of my power in this position 
and they don't even see it. And like, I shouldn't stay in a place that doesn't value me. Um, and the universe made a choice for me because I didn't make that choice. And sometimes that happens as well. And it's not, it's trying to not fight when things are taken from your life before you make the decision to leave. Yeah. Even for those listening, like what you just described is a very tower moment in tarot and Pluto is very linked to Pluto or that tower Pluto energy. And like you said, power is also very key Pluto phase. So for those listening, if you're curious, even just looking more into Pluto, looking more into where your natal Venus is looking into the house, which Capricorn rules, if you have any placements in Capricorn, these are all going to be things to note, even if you have placements in any of the cardinal signs. So Capricorn, Cancer, Libra, or Aries at around 26 to 11 degrees. If we want to get even more specific, that could even give more clarity. Like Madeline, for example, you have both Venus and Mars in cancer, I believe at 26 or 27 degrees. So at the very beginning of this retrograde, it really will be looking at your divine masculine and feminine in relationships. What do you want to fight for? What do you deserve in relationships? How do you love the love that you expect in return? I think that is the answer. It's from that movie. I believe the perks of being a wallflower, you accept the love you think you deserve. And so if these women or anyone stay in a relationship at work, intimate family, wherever, it's because on some level, subconscious or not, they believe that's all they're worth. Because why would you stay? I always give the example to clients. If you went into work and your boss told you, you have to do twice as much work, but we're going to pay you half as much. Why would you ever stay? You'd tell them to fuck off and leave. <laughs> However, when we're in intimate relationships and we just give and we give and we give and we cook meals and we show up and we buy them beautiful gifts and we give them our time and energy and we get half of that in return, we somehow think that's okay because it's what we've been used to potentially when we were younger or all we've ever known with regards to love. It's so much easier to wrap your head around money and finances because you've all worked and know what it feels like to be disrespected in work, but not everyone has experienced love and it's just dangled in front of us like a golden carrot every way we turn in music, in art, in films. That It's like love conquers all, which it does. I'm not denigrating that, but I think sometimes we get trapped in these relationships out of fear that it won't come back if we let go of this one form in this moment. Yeah, I think the fear of leaving relationships is a really is a really big piece and yeah, it's interesting that I'll be like looking at the divine masculine and feminine and all of these different tendencies in relationships because I I don't know. I just had like an amazing episode before and she had just broken up with um, a partner and I, I had just been broken up with. And it was, it was so interesting to see those themes kind of like mirrored and the two experiences. And I think it's in, I'm trying to think of the book, but they say something of like, there's no such thing as one way liberation. And if you're a person who's having doubts about a partnership and you're not in it a hundred percent, you're also setting the other person free because it doesn't feel good to be in a relationship where someone doesn't feel hundred percent. And yeah, I think that's like really important to note and the thing about worth and accepting what you deserve. But another kind of caveat of that too, is that I think sometimes people actually get into really loving and amazing, healthy relationships and they don't believe they're deserving of that either. And they leave. So Definitely. That's where that self-sabotage comes in. I don't think I'm enough. I'm an imposter. I don't deserve this. And then whether they realize it or not, they 
do things to end the relationship because they don't want to get hurt later on because they think it's too good to be true. So they end up cheating or they do devious things or something because in that moment they attracted it, but now they're afraid of what they got. It's like sometimes when you start a business and all these things happen at once, and now you realize you have to wear 15 different hats and it's overwhelming. You're like, what did I sign up for? And that can sometimes be when you welcome in that relationship. It's like, okay, that's one thing too. I think that sometimes people forget, even though it's very obvious when you enter into a relationship, you're also taking on that person's life, their family, their energy, their finances, everything. I think people just want to go into that, like, cuffing season mindset, having someone to cuddle with, have sex with, which are all beautiful things, but that's just one layer of a relationship and taking on someone's life and supporting them as they support you. Yeah. If it was, if it was only so easy that you could have cuddling sex relationships and then taking on their life separately. (laughs) I mean, some people do, and that's again, a whole other conversation. Whole other conversation. Uh, yeah, well, I definitely I'm interested to see how this comes up more with I think it's just it's so funny and it's so fitting and I'm so glad I'm tuned into the astrology because I think it gives me a certain level of peace in what I'm going through and the breakup happening during the eclipse portal and then going straight into this like Venus retrograde and Capricorn. I think it just makes me feel more supported and like the things that leave my life are meant to leave. Exactly. And I mean, this is just scratching the surface on this. I know you want to get to other topics, but I also have a Venus retrograde workshop where I have a video component. I have a workbook. I talk about how this can manifest based on your rising sign. So it goes into a bit more specificity going into the myths and the lure with Venus and Pluto and how that can really manifest to understand it from a different, more mystical approach. So if you're curious about learning more, there is a resource available as well. Yeah, yeah. Before we get into kind of the astrology of 2022, is there anything else kind of like with my chart besides the Venus and Mars and Cancer that you kind of want to use to illustrate or like any other places to look? I was going to say you have a lot of mutable energy in your chart. So just with you as an example here, you have your moon and ascendant in Gemini. Your seventh house is ruled by Sagittarius. So relationships, even if we look right now, the south node is exactly conjunct your natal Pluto in the seventh. The fact that maybe you're obsessed or talking or giving a lot of power to relationships in your mind right now. It's like, yes, of course, south node, Pluto activating your seventh. That makes a lot of sense. We talked about how Mars and Venus are at 27 degrees, pardon me, in Cancer and how this retrograde is taking place in Capricorn opposing these energies. So it's going to make it very more prominent or something to go deeper into. And the fact that for you, given your Gemini rising, Cancer rules your second house of personal resources, finances, and energy. And then the eighth house, which is other people's resources, tax, inheritance, debt, psyche, even just the themes of death in the eighth house. It'll be interesting to see how this manifests for you with regards to your money, your energy, how you inherit maybe different speakers or different opportunities with this based on how you recalibrate your own self-worth and how you invest money into yourself and what makes you comfortable and feel secure. That's a very second house theme, but having both Venus and Mars in cancer, that kind of amplifies it even more of uh, security, but also too with Mars in the sign of cancer with regards to essential dignity Mars is weakened. It's in its fall in the sign of cancer. It sometimes can be 
you giving away all your love and your energy and expecting it all in return or sometimes having a martyr like energy of just being like, well, no, I want to help. I want to save. And I mean, that's also a little bit of Virgo in there as well, but that's just something to be careful of in your more intimate relationships or sexual relationships of not going and going and giving and giving or trying to help everyone fix everything if they didn't ask. Cause again, that can also be a side of ego being like, I want to save, or I want to help, or I want to perfect, or I want to this and that. And really seeing how it links to as well, your mindset around money and investments and opportunity moving forward. So for you, that's how I would really emphasize this and knowing that you just had these eclipses and these nodal energies being activated in your first and seventh house, house of self and house of other. How can you now translate everything you've learned into your relationships, into the money you spend and utilizing that energy moving forward? Definitely. And it's super interesting. So I feel like this next year, like the big themes for me are like love and money. So that makes a lot of sense <laughs> to me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, the cancer Mars and that martyrdom kind of energy, like that definitely is something that I notice a lot and was even reflecting on today of why am I trying to fix and save everyone's lives? Even my friends, even when they're not asking me to fix or save anyone's life. Um, yeah. But that that cancer energy. I personally love it. I love cancerian energy. A big note that I give to cancers, but also all water signs is making sure that your chalice is overflowing before you pour into anyone else. It's not being selfish, but if you don't have the energetic reserves or capacity to serve yourself and to drink out of that glass, how can you pour into anyone else? So I think that's a very big energy for cancer placements, especially with that Mars and cancer saying, if I'm going to be of service, if I'm going to love very hard and help others, I'm doing it out of the kindness of my heart. I'm not expecting anything in return. I'm not using it as a manipulative device of doing this or saying that or giving this gift to expect something in return. I'm just doing it out of a place of love. Definitely. Yeah. It's super, super interesting with that and thinking about my relationships and thinking about my chart because I feel like the thing with me is, like I said, with my Virgo and the high standards, like I don't often get into relationship, but when I do, it's like so much love and so much support and like, let me fix your life. And I brought you chocolates today and like almost like an overwhelming and it's, and it's not at all from manipulate, like a manipulative place. It's literally just like, I can't help, but like want to do this. You just love so fiercely. Yeah. I can relate for sure. Definitely. It's funny because my, my past partner, I think we were kind of our Venus and Mars were kind of compatible on that because his, his Venus was in Taurus and his Mars was in Scorpio. So I was like, you know, that, that works. Like, I think if he had, you know, two fire signs and his Venus and Mars, it wouldn't have been a, yeah. is also very interesting too, with regards to relationships. Cause so many, I'll get clients and couples that come to me and they're like, an astrologer said we aren't compatible. And I look at their chart. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're so compatible. And they like breathe a sigh of relief. Cause all the astrologer was looking at was their sun signs, nothing else. And I'm like, Oh, like how you communicate in relationships, of course, Mercury, what you value, how you love Venus, that sexual desire and that work ethic, Mars and Saturn, like commitment, of course, also Saturn. Like there's just so many things that different people value. Even beliefs is a big one, right? Beliefs and values, Jupiter. So it's not just the sun sign. It's 
everything. So I'm glad that you brought that up because so many people, again, try and denigrate or refute astrology purely based off sun sign astrology, which is wild to me. Completely because he, he was an Aries and I'm a Virgo and people are always like Aries and Virgo that would never work or something, but the rest of our chart is so compatible. And you had me yeah. thinking about Mercury because his Mercury was in Pisces and mine was mm. in Libra. So he was always spaced yeah. out somewhere. And I was like, let's there. talk. <laughs> was he born in 88 with that combination? No, he was born in, um, he was younger than me. So he was born in 99. I, I have so many clients that were born in 1988 that have Mars in um, Scorpio, I think. There was like a transit where it was retrograde. So I was just kind of curious. I might be getting that date mixed up again with this whole Mercury square Neptune. But yeah, Mars and Scorpio is just like a fun placement for people that are looking for that sexual desire, that intimacy. Uh, so I was just kind of curious because I always kind of note that signature of people that have dominant water energy or kind of a very prominent Mars energy. Then I'm like, yeah, you need that passion, that intensity, that sexual connection and some people and I'll listen to a lot of podcasts myself or just connecting with clients who are like oh no like I don't care about sex it's not a big deal and then some people are like no it's it's not your entire relationship of course it might even just be like 1 24th of your day on a good day you know what I mean but for that connection or that intimate even healing with that sacral and root chakra it can be quite telling and just with regards to manifestation Napoleon Hill states in Think and Grow Rich that love, sex, and faith are three of the greatest powers used to manifest. So of course, if you find your partner sleeping with someone else and cheating on you, then you have sex, love, and faith being destroyed in that one instance. So your ability to manifest or to attract more. And I mean, this is a a side tangent, us going off in a completely different direction. But yeah, I think it's just when you dive into the astrology and law of energetics and spirituality, it's just, you just see that they're all connected and they all work so beautifully together, which is, I think to your point, Madeline, why you're so fascinated and curious and even having this podcast in the first place to link them all together. Completely. Yeah. When you said that, I was like, I was like, what in my chart makes sex so important in a relationship? (laughs) I mean, you have Mars conjunct Venus. (laughs) So it's like, okay. Okay. Maybe is that interesting? Okay. Um, For me, it is. Yeah. Like when you see the, those are like, whenever I have clients, no matter what the sign it's in with Mars representing sex and action and masculine energy, and then Venus is what we value and love. So what we value is that sexual physical connection as one of the components. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, (laughs) (laughs) and again, that would make sense with the synastry that even if the sun signs aren't quote unquote compatible, if people have good synastry with Venus and Mars, then of course that plays a huge part into intimacy and relationships. Definitely. Yeah. All very interesting stuff. And if anyone was, you know, curious when he was looking at my chart, you know, you can always get a reading with him or do the workshop for Venus retrograde. So that would be great as well if you want more detail, but kind of to end us off, like what, what else can we kind of expect very briefly for 20 20- 22. I know you said the North node will be in Taurus and might be a little bit easier for mutable signs, but kind of what else, what else is coming? (laughs) So generally speaking, 2022, it's a six. If we're looking at numerology balance, right? 2021 was a five-year change. We saw that tenfold. And so even with Jupiter moving into Pisces at the end of 2021, Pisces is going to be in Jupiter and Aries 
for 2022. It's going to spend half its time in each sign. When it's in Pisces, it's in its home sign. So that's going to give, like I said, mutable signs, a nice uptick, a lot more dreams, a lot more spiritual connection, a lot more healing. I think it's beautiful how Jupiter moves into Pisces at the same time that we have the Venus retrograde to go deeper and to heal and to really work on those old wounds so we can expand Jupiter expands and allows growth, whatever it touches into our dreams, into creativity, into our spiritual practices. I do think that spirituality is going to keep getting bigger and bigger, how we connect with people, especially with Jupiter and Saturn doing all this work in 2021 in Aquarius, Zoom, podcasts, connecting the metaverse, that's all going to be relayed in a more Piscean Aries fashion while also balancing the restraints and the restrictions because the fixed signs will still be going through it next year and not in a bad way, but it's going to be like evolve or not. It's your choice because we have Saturn planet of restrictions and boundaries squaring Uranus, which is all about unexpected change or surprise revolt. And so it's just something to note with the lunar nodes being in Taurus and Scorpio, Taurus really valuing stability material goods, luxury, and finances, Scorpio sometimes being focused on the shadow, secrecy, wanting to be in isolation or being lonely sometimes. Even I think I was talking to my friend about this earlier and how I think there might be some hidden things that are revealed or truths or things that were unseen with the South Node in Scorpio to be revealed to people, whether that's from a government bureaucracy standpoint or just from a community or with relationships of this can no longer be in the darkness we need to let this go and air it out and see how we can grow from it to be more grounded to have some kind of roots and stability and as well as like new money with crypto all these different things with that uranus and taurus the north node and taurus new forms of money unexpected change i would just really encourage people to be open to these changes and be ahead of the curve if they want. I think the younger generation already is. I think it was funny when people rolled their eyes at TikTok as an example. Now there are people who are literally teenagers making six figures just off TikTok alone. So obviously that's not going to resonate for everyone, but not sleeping on NFTs or different ways of making money. There's new ways of being creative, making new connections and having a more stable luxurious aligned life happening every single day so if you can adapt to that and be open to the change it's going to serve you very well and i mean jupiter and pisces is going to be such a benevolent energy for all creatives for relationships for growth for diving into the spiritual work for healing if any people are asking if i should start a business this is a great time with jupiter and its home sign and then when jupiter goes into aries in mid-may that's the action, what you want to fight for moving forward. It also gives a nice uptick to our fire signs, Aries, Sagittarius, and Leo. I'm very happy for that, especially for our Sagittarius friends who've been going through it. So spring and summer will be very benevolent for our fire signs. So really take full advantage of those transits and lean in and get whatever goodies you desire. I think it's so funny that you said the word balance because like balance was also going to be like kind of like my word for next Ooh, year. Perfect. And I was like, that's so funny because the past three years have been very, very intense. I feel like for me. 
Yeah. Even just a simple fact with Jupiter being his home sign is going to be a blessing because Jupiter and Mercury have a lot to do with travel. And so a lot of people have been feeling very isolated, not being able to see their family, wanting to go on new trips and explore. And so the past two years, Jupiter was in a Saturn ruled sign in Capricorn and Aquarius. And even curiously enough, the last time that Jupiter was in Capricorn, 2008, 2009, was when we had the recession. And then again in 2020, another form of a recession. So finally just having Jupiter, which also represents joy, luck, expansion, beliefs, being in its home sign, that alone makes the astrology of 2022 that much better. Never mind how it's going to affect everyone in different ways, plus all the other transits. So I really would emphasize and really encourage people to take full advantage of that Venus retrograde at the start of the year to evaluate everything that we talked about in detail so that they can use the rest of their transits to grow and expand a lot more easier and a lot more clearly. Yeah, it's so funny how like intuition kind of like aligns with the astrology before you know it, because this like January of this year, I felt like I'm not supposed to like take action on really anything. Like it's a reflecting and like fine tuning month for me. So it's funny how all of that lines up and I thought it was, I mean, who knows if this will happen, but I had a psychic like on my podcast yesterday. And the thing you said about when Jupiter goes into Aries, it'll be better for fire signs. And she was like, in six to nine months, when you're saying that Jupiter will be in Aries, Mm -hmm. she's like, you're going to meet a Sagittarius. Ooh. I was like, I was like, okay, okay. (laughs) I love that. I mean, Sagittarius rules your seventh house. So they say in astrology that at least at one point in your life, that the sign that rules your seventh house will be a prominent energy, whether that's sun rising or moon. And so I've seen that play out in my life, or at least attracting that energy very easily or connecting with it or having something to learn from that. So the fact that she pinpointed that one specific sign is very cute. I love it. Yeah, it's very interesting because I don't really, I only know like one or two Sagittariuses, so... I mean, my love, you interact with people all day long, getting different guests. True, true. I don't know. I don't know everyone that I ever. (laughs) (laughs) I asked most people, though. I understand. Yeah. And I think it's like always something beautiful for the people listening that when we attract certain signs into our life over and over again, if you keep consistently attracting Aries or Aquarius, lovers or friends or whatever it may be, it's often that you're meant to learn something from that archetype or from that type of energy. So the fact that you're maybe attracting a Sagittarius in the future, more fun, more exploration, expanding your mind, beliefs, this could all be beautiful, especially for what you're embarking on and growing just with this podcast alone, Never mind all your other business and life adventures. Yeah. She said I was supposed to like travel the world as a creative entrepreneur (laughs) with a Sagittarius. That's what she told me. Okay. Well, that's perfect. I love that for you. So, you know, fingers crossed. That sounds fun. Um, But yeah, this was, this was so amazing. Thank you so much. And I think this is like the perfect, you know, just nugget of information for everyone to end off the year and get started for the new year. And hopefully, uh, a little warning for Christmas day to not get too crazy. <laughs> or it might not like sometimes it's not, it doesn't affect you at all, but it affects your family or it affects your friend. And by proxy, of course it ends up affecting you. So for people listening, I always like to say, of course, we always have free will and autonomy. It can be written in the stars, but if you don't pursue that intuitive download, if you don't open the door to welcome in that love, 
everything can line up and it doesn't matter. Or you could have some frictional or very tense aspects happening in your chart, but you have a positive mindset and you roll with the punches very well and you come out of it on the other side unscathed. So I always like to note that people, please trust your own intuition first and foremost. It's always going to lead you in the right direction, even if at the time it seems like it doesn't. And then secondly, mindset and your own personal autonomy are just as important, if not more important than any astrology or spiritual advice or anything. It really just comes down to your own personal practice and cultivating that and showing up as your best self every single day. That's what I truly believe. Yeah. And I think that's like such an important point to end on that. Um, just trust yourself and, you know, use this as a tool, but not like giving your power completely to the system, like yourself and your intuition and your body always knows what's right for you. Yes, yes, yes. And of course, there's some fear around that sometimes. Can I do it? Can I do this? Yes, yes. It's always yes. If you keep getting that intuitive download, please just trust it. And it'll lead you on such a mutual adventure to explore and to grow. Amazing. Well, cheers to a year of, I don't know, relationships where people value us and money and fun. (laughs) And just ourselves valuing what we have to offer. I think it always comes back to that, right? If we don't value ourselves, we're not going to be able to attract any of what you just spoke, which is of course all the lovely things, but it all just always begins and ends with us for better, for worse. And if you can take control of that and honor that, you literally will be unstoppable. A hundred percent. And the last thing I wanted to say is like, I feel like, you know, as a coach or you as an astrologer, I feel like when you, when you talk about these things, people assume that that means like we've mastered this or we're perfect at always picking things that are in our value and in our worth. And, you know, obviously we're on this journey and on this spiritual lessons as well. And we're not perfect at this either. And I think so many cliche sayings about perfection, but it's like, I would rather just consistently do my best than strive for perfection because then it's just you against you. And I mean, like my natal Jupiter is in Virgo, you're a Virgo son it's kind of like that thirst for knowledge or that student of life energy. There's always room to grow. There's always new ways to grow. And like, even just with everything coming forward next year, I'm really excited because there's just new and unknown ways to connect. Like if you were to say five years ago that people are going to be connecting on Zoom and these online platforms in this kind of innovation, like people wouldn't believe you. So I think people can sometimes get so stuck in one way of looking at something that they forget to take a step back and being like, no, there's so many more opportunities. If I just give myself the permission to move forward and to grow and just, even if I fall or make a mistake, that's okay. I'm willing to grow and to apologize if I did something to offend. You're always going to be on the right side of that change of that growth. Always, always, always. It just comes back to intention and mindset. And if you have a good heart, that will completely resonate and translate no matter where you are in life. Definitely. Definitely. I've had to learn many lessons with perfection <laughs> in this yes. life. And again, but... that, that's another podcast. If you <laughs> want to bring on someone for that, like that's also something that no matter how many times it gets told or taught or disseminated, it's always a nice touchstone to come back to, especially for like Virgo or Libra placements, especially I find sometimes Scorpio and Capricorn too. It's like, okay, <laughs> stop chasing perfectionism and just lean into the moment and honor where you're at. Definitely. Well, it was so great to have you on and I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited for everyone to check out your workshop or book a reading with you. Um, Yeah. This was awesome. Yes. And I always post weekly horoscopes on my YouTube channel, Instagram. I post horoscopes and new content. So pretty much anywhere, Stillwater Alchemy, you can find me in some way, shape or form.
yes, lots of amazing guidance there. Um, So check him out. Thank you guys. And thank you for coming. This was amazing.